It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're Locked On the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am Dave Harrison, Washington football team beat for SI.com's Phone solo today is my co-host Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Mentor show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or available all the time on the Odyssey app is off for today's episode. We both thank you, however, for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are still free, still available on all platforms. And on Twitter, you can find Chris at WrestleMania621. Find me at DHarrison82 and find the show at Locked. WFT pod. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Watch football team podcast your first listen every day. On today's episode, we're going to discuss some roster updates, injuries, power rankings, and it is crossover Thursday as Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, is here to drop some dirty bird knowledge for you before we hit the weekend and hit a pivotal game for the Watch football team. Got to get a win there in Atlanta, even the record back up to two and two as they continue to strive to get better both on offense and and on defense and speaking of getting better on offense guys on Wednesday Curtis Samuel wide receiver that we haven't seen in action real action for quite some time back at practice all reports say that he looked good quote unquote I'm putting that in air quotes you can't see me but it's a great assault type of situation I honestly don't expect him to see him expect to see him on the field this weekend Uh, the coaching staff the team definitely taking it day by day and doing what they need to do to make sure that Curtis is healthy but hey back at practice is a good sign wide receiver Kelvin Harmon you might remember him he was released earlier by the team uh, hasn't latched on to a team he was signed to the practice squad again on Wednesday that happening so I mean the watch football team bringing in some reinforcements there in the wide receiver room uh, getting Curtis Samuel back on the practice field hoping to get him healthy bring Kelvin Kelvin Harmon in uh, just in case he doesn't get healthy I assume I don't think they're looking to necessarily uh, get rid of anybody DeAndre Carter Dax Millen or anything like that I mean a lot of guys haven't gotten on the field that much but it doesn't seem like they're trying to get rid of anybody, just trying to get the reinforcements in place if they need them. Of course, we'll have to wait and see how Curtis Samuel progresses through the week uh, and see if he does indeed return. I mean, listen, there are plenty of people not giving up hope that he can return this weekend, so I don't want to be one of those that rains on everybody's parade. We'll just have to take it day by day, see what happens. Speaking of injuries, the first injury reports of the week heading into the weekend uh, were released by both the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington football team. Charles Leno, offensive lineman, Brandon Scherf, and Benjamin St. Juice, all non-participants in Wednesday's practice. However, Charles Leno just getting a day of rest, a veteran's day off, a very common practice. Brandon Scherf 
not practicing due to the injury. And then Benjamin St. Juice with a concussion. That's always concerning. That's always problematic, especially for a secondary that honestly hasn't been playing all that well already. I mean, the entire defense, right, playing subpar football as of right now. So we'll have to see if the rookie can come back, clear protocols, and be active for this weekend's matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. There's there's some speed on that team, so they're going to need as many hands on deck as they can have in that secondary. Matt Ioannidis, the other name on the Washington injury report on Wednesday, was a limited participant. So that's good news, assuming that he doesn't suffer a setback that uh, points to him being active against the Atlanta Falcons in week four. Speaking of those Falcons, defensive tackle Marlon Davidson and wide receiver Russell Gage for the Falcons non-participants on Wednesdays or in Wednesday's practice. Wide receiver Frank Darby, Arizona State University Sun Devil rookie. Guard Colby Gossett, safety Eric Harris, all limited participants for the Falcons practice on Wednesday. Cornerback A.J. Terrell, who has been suffering from a concussion and concussion, concussion symptoms, was a full practice participant on Wednesday. That's a pretty big one, especially going up against Terry McLaurin and this wide receiver group and, and quarterback Taylor Heineke that we all need to pay attention to to see if A.J. Terrell continues to do well and see if he can clear concussion protocol ahead of this matchup. Both teams coming in one and two, so both teams want to get a win, and a win would elevate whichever team gets the win up in the power rankings, specifically the Locked On Podcast power rankings, something we've been doing this season, polling all the show hosts, getting their votes, getting their takes on the teams, and producing weekly power rankings. Week four's power rankings coming out on Tuesday. And the highlights here, the Rams and Bucks flipping one and two spots after the Rams defeated the Buccaneers in L.A. Not a big surprise there. The Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks, the only team to fall out of the top 10 from week three. The Green Bay Packers moving back into the top 10, taking the spot in the top 10 that the Seahawks vacated. Cincinnati Bengals rose seven spots in this week's power rankings, while the Minnesota Vikings also rose six spots. Jets take over the number 32 slot from the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, some other highlights that I pulled out specifically for our conversation here today. The Los Angeles Rams, the first unanimous number one uh, spot here in the power rankings of the year, kind of assumed that was going to happen. I mean, the Bucks and the Bucks were number one entering the weekend uh, for week three. The Rams were number two. So you kind of had the expectation that whichever team came out with a win there in Los Angeles would be the unanimous number one. The Rams got the win pretty convincing fashion as well. So they come away with the number one votes, all the number one votes apparently. So including the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast, which one of them happens to be me, uh, number two came in was the Buccaneers themselves. So not falling too far after losing to the Rams. I mean, again, you lose to the to the new number one seed. You're not going to fall all that far in the power rankings. Number three, the Buffalo Bills, who obviously benefited from beating the Washington football team in, in week three. Baltimore Ravens sitting number four. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs sitting number five at one and two. Uh, potentially could have been 0-3 if it weren't for the Browns browning in week one. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs could be 0-3. So there were some grumbles in social media about that ranking. And I got to say, I probably agree with most of them. I will tell you that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs not in my top five uh, specifically. So that vote, uh, I guess, not completely on me anyway, guys. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, the highest poll ranking they had was number two. I think we got some homer. Uh, votes going on out there, guys. Uh, number 12 was the lowest, and I will tell you that I'm closer to the 12, uh, obviously, than I am to the two voting for the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, one and two uh, sitting in the top five. We'll see how long people uh, give them credit for being two years removed from Super Bowl championship and then one year removed from Super Bowl appearance as well. Fair Washington football team losing to the Buffalo Bills knocks them down to 22 from 20. Uh, highest place they had in the poll was 17. Lowest was 27, I will tell you that I did not put them at 17. I also did not put them at 27. 
uh, either, but going from 20 to 22 in the matter of a week due to that loss uh, to the Buffalo Bills. Again, a lot of losing teams around them in the rankings, which probably helped them not fall too far. Plus, it's the Buffalo Bills. It's Josh Allen. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people expected Washington to lose that game. Maybe not as you know in the fashion they did, uh, but still kind of expecting them to lose and giving them a little bit of credit. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are, after all, the number three team in this week's power rankings. Going around the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys, after that win, uh, dominating win over the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night, getting the 11th spot in the rankings. The Philadelphia Eagles falling to 24, and the New York Giants falling to 30. So the Washington football team, for, well, for what it's worth, second place in the power rankings in the NFC East, although a pretty large gap from 11 to 22 between the first place Dallas Cowboys and the second place Washington football team. Uh, Washington's next opponent, the Atlanta Falcons, rising to number 27 after defeating the New York Giants on a last-second field goal from field goal kicker Young Way Koo. We're going to talk briefly about him with Aaron Freeman. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons' highest ranking they held this weekend was, or after this week, was 23. The lowest was 30th, so somebody actually had them all the way down to 30 despite the victory. So beating the Atlanta Falcons, one, will keep the Washington football team from falling any further than 22 where they're at right now. will also help them rise probably back into the top 20, you imagine, depending on what happens uh, in front of them and even a little bit behind them as well. But those are the week four power rankings from the Lockdown Podcast Network. Again, to, to get the entire group of rankings, check out uh, the Lockdown Washington football team podcast Twitter feed at LockedWFTPod. You can also check out my personal feed. Uh, where I shared the rankings graphic as well at dharrison82. And that's going to do it for segment one here. On the other side of a couple of messages from some friends of ours, you're going to hear from Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked on Falcons podcast here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. I am David Harrison, and I've got an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cent per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back, guys, on your first fill-up using this app. I got turned on to this app by a friend of mine a couple of months before uh, GetUpside became a proud sponsor of this network, and I can vouch for their legitimacy. I can vouch for the savings that you're going to get. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN using the app GetUpside. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Crossover Thursday here at the Locked On Podcast Network. David Harrison of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Aaron Freeman of the Locked On Falcons Podcast. I am on Twitter at dharrison82. Aaron is at FalcFans. Aaron, not only the host of Locked On Falcons, but also a contributor of the Falcoholic part of SB Nation. So make sure you catch all the work that Aaron is doing about the Atlanta Falcons. Get smart about this week four opponent for your Washington football team as they look to even their record at 2-2. Two and two. And Aaron, I saw a tweet from you. I think it was before the win against the Giants. If I'm if I'm incorrect, by all means, correct me. But you said you had a take that maybe not be may, may not be all that popular, but that Cordero Patterson actually needs to get fewer reps at running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Was that before or after the Giants game? Do you still feel that way? And do you think that that's a take that you're alone on, or do you think the Falcons might do a little bit different? Uh, strategy or approach with Cordero, Cordero Patterson in this week four matchup? Yeah, I'll be curious to see what the Falcons do because, you know, with that take, it, it's not that I, I said running back, but I, I essentially meant he needs to get less carries. I think the Falcons running game is a little bit better with Mike Davis at the helm. And that proved to be true on Sunday against the Giants. He's just, Davis is a little bit better at being able to get those extra yards, getting those yards after contact. Essentially, the way I described it, after Sunday's matchup against the Giants was if the offensive line blocks for one yard, Cordero Patterson is getting one. Mike Davis is going to get you three because he's going to power through an extra two yards or whatever the case may be. And I think that will lead to greater success with this Falcons running game. And it seems like after a week one where Cordero Patterson, particularly in the first quarter of the game, did look really efficient and really effective and a little bit more explosive than Mike Davis and leading to a little bit more success in that week one game against Philadelphia. The Falcons, I think, were going with the mindset of he's the hot hand. Let's give him more reps. And in the first half of uh, the Giants game, he Cordero Patterson uh, did get more carries than Mike Davis, but then in the second half, because Mike Davis did do a better job in the first half this past week, they started to get Mike Davis rolling and you started to see this offense get rolling in the third quarter behind Mike Davis's uh, rushing uh, before things kind of ground to a halt because the Falcons passing game is not great. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. So I think Cordero Patterson's value has primarily been as a pass catcher. He's essentially a 230-pound J.D. McKissick, I guess you could say, uh, if you're comparing him to uh, someone that Washington fans are familiar with, where he's really valuable as a pass catcher, but as a runner, I think he's kind of limited. So I think the Falcons still need to keep Cordero Patterson involved in this offense uh, and get him touches, but I think probably more of those need to be passes and less of those need to be runs. No, that makes total sense, and yeah, you're right. I mean, the the... You look at tendencies, right? And we kind of mentioned it when you were asking me questions, but I want, I want to kind of touch on it again. First drive touchdowns. So the Atlanta Falcons have three first drive points all season, and that came in three points against the Philadelphia Eagles. Should have been a touchdown. I still, like I said, I think, I think Calvin really fell down in the end zone on what would have been a touchdown catch. Uh, they end up settling for a young way coup, uh field goal, the, the, the best Korean NFL player to touch the field since Heinz Ward. Um, and that includes Kyler Murray. Uh, and the Washington football team has scored zero first drive points this season while giving up a first drive touchdown to their opponents three weeks straight. So one of these patterns is going to break. Either the Falcons are going to score a touchdown on their first drive or Washington is going to hold a, an opponent out of the end zone uh, for the first time this season on their first drive. You've you've heard about this defense struggling. You've You've seen... Uh, however much you've been able to consume of the Washington football team defense. You know the players uh, to a certain extent. 
but you also know this offense and you know some of the the capabilities of the weapons like Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, I, I agree completely with you. And I think if the coaching staff is listening to you, if there's a Falcons pro scout listening to this episode, Cordero Patterson in the passing game against his Washington defense with what's been going on could probably do a lot of damage for your offense. Uh, which of these tendencies, if you if you got to put money on betonline.ag, which of these tendencies gets broken in week four? So are we are we assuming it's a Falcons touchdown with that opening drive or just Falcons yeah. points? It's got to be a touchdown. So that's the tendency. We Like, honestly, brother, like Washington, like if Washington holds Atlanta to an opening drive field goal, fans are going to be happy about that. <laughs> and I think to a certain extent, the coaching staff is too. Okay, well, Atlanta's red zone offense has been pretty solid these last two weeks after really struggling, as you hinted at in that uh, week one game against Philadelphia. So if they are able to get into the red zone, I I feel better about them scoring a touchdown. I just don't have as much confidence that they're going to be able to move the ball successfully early in games. We just really haven't seen it outside of that week one game where they have sort of it's taken them a, a quarter and last week against, you know, New York, uh, a defense that Washington, you know, didn't necessarily struggle against to move the ball or score points against the Falcons really didn't have a whole lot of success moving the ball until the fourth quarter against this New York defense. So that doesn't inspire me with a whole lot of confidence that the Falcons, at least coming out of the gates are are going to be able to get their thing uh, and their offense rolling. So if I was putting money on it, I would probably bet on Washington getting their first stop of the season in this week four uh, in terms of the opening drive. More coming up with Aaron Freeman of the Locks on Falcons podcast. Thanks to our friends over at Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles. It's impossible for your local chain store or your dealership to hold all the parts you're ever going to need. Why be restricted to just the parts they happen to carry and why pay prices that quite honestly, guys, are higher for you than they are for professional mechanics why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts at that chain store or car dealership when you can get it cheaper at rockauto.com? You want an example? A Honda Odyssey fuel pump will cost you $353 from one of those chain stores. It'll cost you $216 from Rock Auto because Rock Auto is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you can need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil even new carpet go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box we know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com today's episode also brought to you by betonline.ag we're back we're better than ever and betonline.ag is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season with the new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website today sign up and use a promo code locked on for a sign up bonus don't forget again when you sign up make that initial deposit use locked on to get your initial sign up bonus whether you're looking for football basketball boxing or your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online your online sportsbook experts one more segment here on the Lots of Washington Football Team Podcast. Crossover Thursday, David Harrison on Twitter at DHarrison82. The show at Pod. My co-host, Chris Russell, off for today's episode at Russellmania621. Aaron Freeman at Falk Fans, host of the Locked On Falcons Podcast with me today to talk week four Washington football team versus Atlanta Falcons. Washington football team fans would be ecstatic to see the Atlanta Falcons leave their first drive with no points or even three points would be an improvement. Uh, and give the Washington football team offense at least a drive or two, depending on who starts with the ball, obviously. Uh, a chance to possibly do some things and put some points on the board. 
Uh, but let's stick with the Washington football team defense real quick. You know, you heard all the hype. Everybody heard all the hype. It was talked about during the offseason about this defense being a top five, top 10, top eight, maybe the best defense in the National Football League. And it all starts up front. Six sacks for this defense so far through three weeks. So obviously not off to a great start. But Jonathan Allen, defense tackle has three, had two in one game. Montez Sweat has two, uh, had a five-game sack streak going on, which was the longest NFL streak active uh, going into last weekend did not get a sack against the Buffalo Bills so that streak is over and then Kendall Fuller has 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 a sack so not a guy that we expected to be part of the sack party there obviously the name that everybody's in notice is missing from that list is defensive end uh, Chase Young this Atlanta Falcons offense do you think that they can take advantage of the fact that this defensive front is not really getting home right now they are getting some hits like we talked about but they're not getting home to sack the quarterback like a guy like Matt Ryan we've talked a lot about this kind of skid row or, or whatever you want to call it, this 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 just terrible list of quarterbacks uh, that this team has to face especially to open the season you know opening with Justin Herbert then you got Josh Allen last weekend you got Matt Ryan this weekend you still got Aaron Rodgers Patrick Mahomes and oh yeah Tom Brady still to come you know what I mean so definitely not an easy challenge against any of these great quarterbacks uh, are you confident in this Falcons offensive line because you know the pressure is going to come it's just a matter of can they keep Matt Ryan clean enough to make the throw yeah, I, I, you know, I think the Falcons offensive line, the much embattled Falcons offensive line really struggled against Philadelphia, really struggled against Tampa Bay. They were better against Washington, um, but I mean, I'm sorry, they were better against the Giants and it leaves some optimism that they'll be better against Washington. But I, I do think this Washington front does present some really unfavorable matchups that we have seen time and time again with some of these Falcons offensive linemen really struggle with. Um, their rookie Jalen Mayfield is going to be going up uh, against Jonathan Allen probably quite a bit. Obviously, as you mentioned, Washington's best pass rusher, most uh, consistent pass rusher uh, when he's been healthy these last couple of years. Uh, you know, Mayfield at that left guard position was better last week, but I think a lot of that was owed to him not facing Leonard Williams nearly as much as I expected him to going into that matchup. For whatever reason, the Giants did not want to put their best pass rusher against the Falcons' weakest uh, pass protector. You know, Matt Hennessy is a guy that doesn't necessarily deal well with size. And, you know, Deron Payne's a pretty powerful type of nose tackle. You got Matt Ioannidis going up against Chris Lindstrom, the Falcons starting right guard. But I think the matchup that I'm most concerned about beyond the Mayfield-Jonathan Allen matchup is the Caleb McGarry, the Falcons starting right tackle, going up potentially against Montez Sweat. Um, you know, Caleb McGarry doesn't have the longest arms and Montez Sweat, you know, the probably the only player on the planet that has a, a bigger wingspan than Montez Sweat is probably Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts. Um, and so I think that is a uh, unfavorable matchup for Caleb McGarry if Sweat is going to be able to use that power and, and his hands to get inside of McGarry's chest, which has been an issue for McGarry uh, in you know the three years that he has played for the Falcons. It, I don't have a ton of confidence that this is the matchup where we will continue to see progress for the Falcons offensive line. I think this is a game where they probably will get exposed and we'll see that last week's performance against the Giants is not going to be the norm moving forward. But this is a golden opportunity against several players that can present some unfavorable matchups for this team, including Chase Young going up against Jake Matthews. Jake Matthews historically tends to struggle against power. And if Chase Young is able to use his power, uh, that could create problems for him as well. So I think when I'm looking at some several of these matchups, I don't see favorable matchups in the Falcons' favor. So I have some concerns. And, you know, when you throw in those concerns up front and then you throw in, 
Uh, Matt Ryan has not performed particularly well this season under pressure. It's not something that gives me a ton of confidence that the Falcons offense is going to be firing on all cylinders this week. And so this to me is a week where this Falcon team has a golden opportunity to sort of shut me up on that and prove me wrong and say, look, you know, we will be facing some tough defensive fronts throughout the rest of the season. And what we saw those first couple of games is not going to be the norm moving forward. But right now, until I see it, it's hard for me to be overly confident that that's what will happen uh, this weekend. Yeah, I hear you, man. And you you mentioned it during the, the portion of the conversation where you were asking me about the Washington football team. Uh, the, you know, really a story of two teams that have, have both been struggling. One of them is uh, at least going to get a win, if not get right in this competition. And Washington saw that last week uh, against Josh Allen, who coming into that game honestly had been struggling for through his first two games. Uh, definitely corrected some things in week three yeah. and is feeling pretty good about himself probably. Uh, so similarly, right, the Atlanta Falcons defense also uh, just has six sacks right now so far through the season. Only two takeaways, both fumble recoveries. Uh, you know, so no interception jet for this for this Falcons secondary. Uh, Taylor Heineke is a guy who you know played fairly well against the the New York Giants for the most part, protected the ball, and then against Buffalo, uh, not quite so much. Made some very uh, undesirable throws, we'll say. Uh, one of them kind of late, trying to make something happen. You know, with his team behind, can't really blame him for that. But you still want to see better decisions. How do you feel about this Falcons defense going up against uh, this Washington offense? Terry McLaurin is is obviously a weapon, you know, that we've talked about Antonio Gibson's Curtis Samuel back at practice. I don't know how hopeful I am that he'll actually play in this game. Uh, but you know, that, that potential I suppose is out there uh, would be his first action of the season. First action really since like May. Um, so, you know, even if he plays, he's, he's definitely going to have some rust on him. Uh, how confident are you against this, about this defense to protect against a guy like Taylor Heineke, considering, uh, you know, what happened with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles in week one? Yeah. You know, the Falcons did better against Daniel Jones and his mobility, uh, this past week. So I feel a little bit better that we will not see Taylor Heineke running all over the field like we saw Jalen Hurts do in that week one game. I'll feel much better about this matchup, assuming that A.J. Terrell is back healthy out of the concussion protocol. And it sounds like he's on that trajectory. Obviously, we'll find out later in the week if that is going to be the case and he will be cleared to play on Sunday. But if he is out there on the field, I'll feel much better about the potential matchup between him and, and Terry McLaurin because his replacement last week in TJ Green, while the Falcons coaches were very praising of TJ Green, I think that was just basically them saying, you know, trying to put a positive spin on the notion that he wasn't an absolute disaster this past week. TJ Green is a former safety uh, that has basically been converted to cornerback uh, because the Falcons cornerback depth is, is not been great this year. So I think AJ Terrell, by far the Falcons best player in the secondary will help a lot. The, the main concern I have right now uh, assuming Terrell is back, it's going to be Logan Thomas, the, the Washington's tight end. The Falcons really struggled those first two games against the tight end. Evan Ingram didn't have a huge impact this past week. But then again, I think most people and certainly uh, maybe some Evan Ingram's fantasy owners know that like Evan Ingram, it's been a while since Evan Ingram has had a reliable impact on a football game. It's been a couple of seasons since you can be able to really count on him to, to be that impactful player. But we know, you know, after Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas is clearly the number two option in that Washington offense and the Falcons, you know, last week withstanding, I'm not sure I really trust them to be able to handle 
a, a quality tight end like Logan Thomas. So I think that's going to be a question mark for this defense. And if they can sort of keep Logan Thomas in check and, you know, Terry McLaurin's going to get his, um, but if it's basically the Terry McLaurin show, um, then I think the wash, the, the Falcons defense uh, will be fine. And, and certainly in a position where they can slow down this Washington offense enough that hopefully if the offense can take care of business on that side of the ball, they will be in a position to win this game late. All right, Aaron Freeman, last question uh, for today's crossover. And I ask you this every time we talk, usually it's Bucks Falcons that we're talking about. Uh, last time I asked you this question, you said Cordero Patterson was a player for people to watch uh, entering that, entering that week two game between the Bucks and the Falcons. And I mean, all he did was put up uh, about 70 yards of offense and two touchdowns and had was was a big reason why the Falcons were only down three points at one point in the fourth quarter before uh, everything just imploded and Mike Edwards got two pick sixes out of nowhere. Um, so who's who's the guy this week? Uh, I mean, maybe it's Cordero Patterson again. I don't know. Who, who do you think that Washington football team fans should be aware of uh, as their team uh, prepares to enter Atlanta and face this Falcon squad? Well, I'm, I'm going to go with a different name. I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley. Not, you know, maybe that seems like the low-hanging fruit for Washington fans. Because, like, wait, you're picking the number one wide receiver? Yeah, well, you know, the reason for that is because Calvin Ridley hasn't particularly played like a number one receiver this season. And is coming off a, a an up-and-down performance against Washington. Had a, I mean, I'm sorry. Why do I keep confusing the Giants and Washington? Uh, you know, I know Washington fans are, are saying, how dare you, Aaron? Um, but, you know, uh, an up-and-down uh, an up performance against the Giants last week and uh, had uh, some drops, made some questionable decisions after the catch, looking a, a little too finesse, as, as some people would call it. You know, I don't, I don't want to use other terms, but just a little finesse there. And, you know, I think Calvin Ridley, you know, is probably hearing people um, say things about him, and it's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after having a relatively quiet game against James Bradbury, who had a nice little bounce back performance after uh, two rough games uh, to start the season. And I think, you know, Calvin Ridley's going to come into this game feeling, you know, uh, pressure to have to perform up to par. And I, I feel like now is as good a time as ever for him to have a, a breakout performance against, you know, a Washington secondary, as you mentioned, that hasn't not quite played up to par, certainly has some talented players on the back end, but hasn't quite lived up to expectations. So I, I do think, you know, although Calvin Ridley seems like an obvious choice of, hey, he's a very good player, uh, potential Pro Bowl type of talent. Um, I think this is a, a week for him to break out. Yeah, I mean, that's a good choice. And I think, you know, again, you talk about the similarities between these two teams, really not necessarily in roster construction, but just kind of the scenario they're in. Uh, two number one receivers, Terry McLaurin and Calvin Ridley. Uh, each of them have, you know, shown flashes, but neither of them have had the production that I think their fan bases themselves and their team uh, probably expected through three weeks of this season. It's going to be a good one. I mean, I think, Aaron, I don't know if you have a score prediction. I'm not really going to ask you that. I'll, I'll let you do that on your own time on your own show. But I think that uh, I think we're looking at like a three to five point game. I think it's less than a touchdown margin of victory uh, in this game either way, no matter who comes out victorious on that. So another successful crossover Thursday here at the Lots on Podcast Network. Again, Aaron Freeman on Twitter at FalcFans, host of the Lots on Falcons podcast, contributor at the Falcoholic, part of SB Nation. And I am David Harrison, one of the hosts of the Lots on Washington football team podcast on Twitter at DHarrison82, Washington football team beat writer for SI.com's Fan Nation Aaron, good luck this weekend. Uh, good luck covering the game. Uh, you always do a great job. And looking forward to talking to you again. Uh, this time, next time it'll be Bucks Washington or Bucks Washington. Wow, Bucks Falcons. So uh, now I get to mis mispronounce the Washington team. But um, uh, looking forward to talking to you again, brother. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate you having me. Uh, you know, want to give a shout out to Chris, uh, hardest working man on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And hopefully, uh, you know, if you're a Falcon fan listening, you're hoping that Chris works even harder 
trying to explain why Washington struggled so mightily against this lowly Falcons team. So, uh, Chris, I, I hope you have a tough week ahead of you. I'm sorry to say that. All right, guys, great conversation with Aaron Freeman. Again, the the foremost expert uh, that I'm aware of about everything Atlanta Falcons. Thank him for joining us, dropping some knowledge here to Washington football team fans. And, of course, we want to thank you fans for making a Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen of the day for your second check out locked on bets where betting doesn't have to be a guessing game if you check out your boy q and your handicapping expert lee sterling get your daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast and make sure you check out the locked on falcons podcast today because aaron asked me questions about your washington football team and you can check out my answers there with him after you listen to this after you listen to that if you have your own questions topics takes for our final episode of the week coming up tomorrow, we've got our predictions, our previews. Last call for any conversation topics you want to have pertaining to the Washington football team visiting the Atlanta Falcons in week four, trying to get that two and two record. Send those in to lockwftpod at gmail.com in written or voice recording form or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 301-615-3577. Thank you guys all so much for joining me here today. Again, I'm David Harrison. My partner, Chris Russell, offered today's episode, but you can catch him on the Russell and Metter Show on the Team 980 on the Odyssey Odyssey app. Find everything I'm writing about your Washington football team over at SI.com slash NFL slash Washington football. We appreciate you dropping by, spending part of your day with us here free and available on all the platforms. If you're out and about, please be safe and kind to one another. Thank you for joining me at the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.